over my space, all of my pride. I was a prisoner, all of the mind. Now I'm a traveler, leading the line. They want to cut me, I'm living the vine. Hey, what's up, everybody, man? Welcome back to another episode of His View. Uh, for those who are tuning in, uh, His View is a uh, podcast that we created for black men to get on here and just speak freely. Um, we want to talk about everyday life situations, uh, the struggle, the positives, uh, all of the above. So I wanted to go ahead and um, introduce my, my team. Uh, I'll let Mr. Devil's Advocate go ahead and introduce himself. Well, I got to be devil's advocate. I, I I probably wear the hat. We always need look, that's everybody. Look, everybody that's hey man, where's the devil's advocate? Where is he at? What, what, what's going on, everybody? Is Demetrius, uh, and uh, I guess I, I am the devil's advocate uh, on on certain situations. I just like looking at things from all sides. Gotcha, gotcha, Mr. Brand. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Brandon. I'm I'm not the devil's advocate, but man, Demetrius, we've been missing you. On the last couple of episodes, man, I'm, I'm filling in for Corey today. But everybody's been asking, "Where is Corey and where is Demetrius, man?" Demetrius is the, gives the other perspective. So, so hey. I know everybody's glad to have you back on the show, and I know people can't wait. I'm filling in for Corey today, but I know they can't wait to get you back on as well. Yes, sir. So, fellas, man, um, I wanted to to bring some on. Uh, Kind of give a little small little taste as to what where we're diving into. Everybody knows the situation. Uh, they everybody know the the buy Kanye. Everybody know Kanye. All right. So for those of you who don't know, which I find it very hard to believe, uh, there was a situation that happened in Baton Rouge to where they was talking about the the rivalry situation. And uh, during this discussion, Miss um, Kanye, um, she decided that she wanted to shop. Okay. Uh, one of my good friends who was sitting next to her which face was plastered over everywhere. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring him on and, and let him not only introduce himself, but let's talk about that situation and as to why we want Connie to resign and move forward. So I let him introduce himself. Thank you, Burke, um, for that wonderful introduction. Um, I think the people need to know I met Burke in another life. Um, he was <laughs> big party promoter and you know I went down to, to have a good time and host a party with him so it's good to see him on the other side of things these this time around so I'm Tramel Howard um, I currently serve as the vice president of the East Baton Rouge Parish School Board um, I was elected in 2018 as the youngest African-American male ever elected to our school board and I'm now serving as the youngest vice president of the East Baton Rouge Parish School Board um, excited to be here share my point of view about the situation at hand and then get into like the larger picture of like how there are counties sitting on school boards across this nation and how we as a people have to do better um, of holding our elected officials accountable so that we don't have people who hold mindsets like counties sitting on board making the decisions for kids. So excited to dive right in with you guys. Um, in my day job, I work as a policy manager for the Education Trust and we fight every single day to ensure that policy and education is equitable specifically for black students specifically for students who come from low-income backgrounds so really excited to be here and engage in the conversation so the first thing that i just want to ask you what was what was the the, the feeling and the emotions that because I, I don't know if so let me ask you did, did you find out that did you know she was shopping when she sat next to you or you didn't find out till after the fact no, so the way that she was sitting um, in, in that particular boardroom, because what many people don't know is that, that the room that we were in um, for that particular meeting is not our actual boardroom. Um, we were in that meeting for uh, the sake of social distancing because it's easier to socially distance in that room as, a, as opposed to our original boardroom. 
Um, and so I did not know she was shopping. I didn't find out she was shopping until everyone found out she was shopping um, when uh, Mr. Chambers uh, posted the picture. Oh, he came to the mic and gave his spiel about what was happening. And then he talked about Connie shopping um, during that time. So that's when I found out, when everybody else found out. I couldn't see her computer from where I was sitting. Wow. Wow. Um, and what was the, I guess, like, after you found out about that, like, what, what was the, the, the feeling for that, knowing that, you know, if, you know, things that are coming around to you all are, are very important topics that we need to take serious. So the fact that someone in that position is sitting there and not giving her undivided attention on that particular subject, like, what was the feeling on it? So even before I found out Miss um, Bernard was, or Connie was shopping um, in that moment, the, the pain of our community was on display, the pain, the hurt of what's happened in Baton Rouge for a very long time. Um, before there was a George Floyd, there was an Alton Sterling that happened right here in Baton Rouge. Um, before there was a Montgomery bus boycott, there was a Baton Rouge bus boycott. So there has been years and years of pain in our city and it was on full display um, in, from our community on that night. So even before I knew Ms. Bernard was shopping, I was sitting in pain um, and, and exhaustion with my community because we've been fighting this fight for so long. We've been fighting white flight for so long in this community. And so like there was so much pain in that room. And it started with the conversation about um, Robert E. Lee um, that we all know what he stood for as a Confederate general, but to some people um, and Ms. Bernard, the way this, this whole thing started even before um, what we, what everyone has seen play out on national TV is that she went on the local news and talking about how us as people, specifically black people need to learn our history. And if we knew our history, we would be celebrating, um, the legacy of someone like a Confederate general, like Robert E. Lee. So for so many people, like the naming of a school is so much about symbolism, but to my people, to black people, it's so much, it's deeply rooted in pain. It's deeply rooted in people who've never seen us as equal. It's deeply rooted in just years and years of, of black people being marginalized and hurt um, by oppressors. And so um, before I knew she was shopping, I was experiencing that pain. So then to find out that while people are expressing that pain, um, she's shopping, it was like an, a double stab in my back. Um, because, you know, as a, as a politician, you have to work alone on both sides of the aisle a lot of the times. And so at the bare minimum, I respected my colleague to show a, a sense of respect to the community while they displayed their pain. So it was hurting, it was disappointing, but unfortunately, like it's become so numbing to be black in America that we go through these experiences all the time to where we become so numb to them. And so it wasn't nothing that I didn't expect, unfortunately, from her. Um, so yeah, that's, that was my feelings and thoughts. Wow. Wow. DB, y'all got any questions on that? I just, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm, I'm listening and um, to, to know that you had an individual that went on local news saying, you know, uh, know your history and you know robert e. lee would then be somebody that would be applauded it, it's it's um it, it's a it's a always what what did james baldwin say um ignorance aligned with power um is one of the most dangerous things that you could ever see and it, and it's unfortunate and sometimes uh being on the wrong side of a point of view um, and, and, and just like Shamel said, you know, you got to work with people on both sides, but it's just like, man, how short sighted can you be? You know, um, it, it's, it's one thing to, 
have an opinion. It's another thing to floss your opinion um, and kind of, uh, you know, multitask while somebody's trying to explain your other side. I'm, I'm, I don't know why multitask just came up, um, but I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. You, 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 you have to be kidding me. Um, and I saw the video, and I, I guess the question I want to ask is, she got up and walked out. Did she come back? Because I, I, that, that was one. I saw when I saw the video and saw her walk out. I'm like, okay, what what do you do after that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you 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 come back from that? Um, and and then the other parts, you know, sometimes it's when when I hear you you got to work with people across the aisle. I'm like decency shouldn't be something that's different mm -hmm. decency you know a different point of view is one thing common decency that that shouldn't have a political affiliation and yep. and that's so that's that's crazy but I, I you know we got you back i want what did she come back what what happened when you know after she left no she she left um and, and you can tell that like you know unfortunately i think what it is is like when people benefit from privilege in this point, in this case, white privilege, anytime they're felt uncomfortable, it's easy for them to just leave. Like when they get uncomfortable in situations, they just leave. So you can tell that she was experiencing a level of uh, being uncomfortable and she just felt like she didn't have to deal with it. So she left. Um, and so she said she left because she needed to use the restroom. That's bull. She was upset. She was uncomfortable and people were really um, hitting her where it hurt. Um, so she did eventually come back. She didn't have anything to say. She didn't say anything um, remotely close to to being of any of any substance. She came back. She sat in her seat, and we continued on um, with the meeting. Um, and so that's that's where you know. So she did come back eventually um, after being so, on for a couple of minutes. I, I've been on on a couple of boards. So afterwards, you know, meeting is adjourned. Was it immediately beeline to the car? Because because even when you're on the board, you got a homeboy, homegirl somewhere that you kind of not to say kiki with but you talk to you know it may be another conversation needs to happen what i mean so the the so you know how board agendas are stacked so they leave the most important agendas items for last so after dealing with the robert e lee situation our next agenda item was actually selecting the superintendent so <laughs> dealing with that and then we're going to get into the conversation about what happened with the superintendent so as soon as before the meeting was adjourned, I had already packed up my bag and I just, like you said, I beamed line to the to my car in frustration and disappointment, exhausted, painful. We had been in the meeting for eight hours almost. Um, and so we literally got all of this and we went into Juneteenth with this as our like the way we start Juneteenth. So I was extremely frustrated. I went to the um, the nearest bar to just sit in that for a moment to just and to just think about all the things that we had just went through as a community, and it was just a um, it's just a collective hurt, a collective pain. I have friends who I um, who I call after meetings to just vent to, and that's what I did because um, I was really hurt. I was hurt by the situation of it it taking us three hours to even get through the agenda item to rename a school hurt by the the things of the actions of my fellow colleague. And then to top all of that off, like the things that happened with our superintendency. Um, so it was it was a painful night. I, I, I really was exhausted. I've been exhausted since the things that are happening with George Floyd and just like living out this world and just still having to show up and be a professional and to be 
um, you know, to be a black man in America. Like, so I've been living a very exhausted time. So I took some time after that meeting to just collect my thoughts um, and, and get back to work. But um, yeah, it, it was a painful night, a very painful night. Hey, my, my question for you, Tramiel. Um, so there have obviously been calls for uh, Connie to resign um, from the board. Did we lose Tramiel? Oh, he's still. Um, no, I'm here. There's obviously been calls. There's, there have been, there's been calls for her to resign from the board. Initially, she said that she wasn't shopping online. I just saw um, a report from WAFB TV that did an investigation that shows that she said that she had a pop-up that came on her screen an ad that she did not close. WAFB, I guess she was doing it on her um, public, uh, work laptop. public laptop, mm -hmm. her work mm -hmm. laptop. So they obtained uh, records and they did an investigation which found that she actually was shopping. So one, she lied about it. She didn't tell the mm -hmm. truth about that. Um, they showed that she actually uh, purchased an item and put it in her cart, or at least put an mm -hmm. item in her cart during mm -hmm. that time. Um, and she started shopping online at 8.30 p.m. as the board was discussing a new position um, at the school board, which it sounds like you said was the superintendent, doing COVID-19 prevention products, preparations for a vendor for that, and doing the renaming of Lee High School. So all of this was going on, not just Lee High School, but all of this was going on, and she did not seem to be paying attention. This is somebody that we have serving on our board, on this board to represent um, and, and make policies for our students. Is it is it an Afri a majority African American population? Um, at, yeah, so, at, at, in the school system. So our district, our school district. So we have a couple of municipalities within our district that are that make up our parish. But our school district um, currently we have about forty one thousand students, forty to forty one thousand students, eighty one percent African American. Um, school district so yes majority school district uh, majority black school district um and the way our lines have been made throughout the parish they're gerrymandered red line in a way that our board is actually majority republican and conservative so it's not a true reflection of our school district as a collective um so that's that's what we're dealing with that's what we deal with every single day um and just really trying to make like you said, like we have someone like this with this mindset making a making decisions and policies for a majority black school district, and it's it's problematic. Um, it's it's extremely problematic. Um, based off of what I heard that you said, it sounds like that's something else that that also needs to be discussed. If 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 the representation on this board is not the representation of the the kids that that you all serve. Um, then maybe that also needs to be looked at because maybe that's why Connie didn't find any of this to be of interest <laughs> to her um, because these yeah, aren't the, I mean, this isn't the population that she really maybe cares about. Yeah, no, it's it's a hundred percent something that needs to be um, talked about. Um, but it's it's it, it's that issue is so much larger than our school district. Like it's a it's a issue that is like statewide um, government. I, I'm currently a part of a, a majority um, minority lawsuit to get an additional minority seat um, based off of how the lines have been drawn. And if many people have done research to talk about how they have like intentionally segregated it and red line um, and gerrymander lines to be um, in, not inclusive of, of the actual population. And so um, I know we'll talk later about voting and the census and all of these things, but like it's, it's really important. So like while it's an issue that we're dealing with locally on the school level, it expands much larger than just our school district. Um, when you talk about representation, you talk about people who are making decisions for our students. 
How many terms? Um, I mean, how, I mean, is there a term limit in in the on the board? Um, and if if not, and I'm, I'm asking because I would, you know, oftentimes people get these positions and th they act this way because you know they have name recognition. They've been on the board mm -hmm. for you know 15 years, and and they know they're going to get reelected. One because quite frankly, unfortunately, a lot of voters are lazy. And, and two, sometimes people know where the bodies are buried. So can, can, you, speak, can you speak to that? So it's a combination of both. Um, I think that, you know, this, the, what's happening in the world right now is an opportunity for a collective, for us to build collective power and really continue to talk about the importance of voting. Um, and I mean, but I, I can understand why certain members of the base are discouraged. Um, because even when we talk about the importance of voting and, and, and knowing and, and doing your research on candidates, you have like what's happening in Georgia when you have mass voter suppression. And so people are exhausted. It's like literally the one thing that you tell us to do to fix this is to vote. And then you go to places like Georgia and Kentucky where voter suppression is taking place. Like people get so disengaged, rightfully so, but we still have to encourage folks to get out and do um, their civic duty and vote. Um, secondly, I think that so for Ms. Bernard, her first term, she ran um, against someone and she won, and she's since ran unopposed. And that's just exactly for what you said. Um, people become fearful of running. People become scared of the tactics because people do know what the, the bodies are buried. I can't tell you how many um, racially death threats and all of those things that we've received just in this last couple of weeks for just trying to be the people who speak truth to power. Um, and so like, I mean, for your everyday person who's not made or built for this life, like it can become discouraging and you can just literally be like, I don't want that for my life and I'm just gonna sit down on the sideline and not take part in this. But I've made the commitment and which is the commitment that I want a lot more people to make is to like, no matter what, like I'm gonna fight the good fight. I'm gonna make the sacrifices that I need to do to fight the good fight, but everyone's not built like that. And it takes a lot of courage to be in this position. And when you're constantly under attack, you're constantly, um, being bogged down and like you constantly have to deal with situations like this so it's exhausting so it's going to take us educating a base um, about who they're elected into office but it's also going to take us helping build courageous leaders who can fight the good fight literally and sacrifice so much um, while doing that fight so I mean I'm, I'm in it for the long haul and I'm thankful to do it with people who are also in it for the long haul um, so like you said those people that you call that support system um, it's important, it's necessary, and we have to do more to support people who are in these positions to be courageous leaders so that they can make decisions like that. So I, I got a quick question. I'm sorry, Burke. How you good? Um, and and this, this, this may be my, my, my devil's advocate jump, jumping <laughs> out there. Um, again, going back to something you said earlier about, you know, uh, you know crossing the lines. Um, is it a staunch division amongst the board right now of of support on one side or the other? Or do you have individuals that look like us that are like, come on, y'all, we got to give her a break? No, um, when, when it comes to this particular matter, um, so it's four um, Black Democrats who are on the board. And we all, um, so I called a press conference last week. Every single one of my fellow Black Democrats came to the press conference with me asking for the resignation of our um, colleague. Um, the, the stark difference here is that the other side is not having that same rally cry for her to be removed. And I mean, and let's be clear, this is not the first incident that she's had. So right now we're talking about race relations and how she was um, past tone deaf and making the, the, the decision that she made in the board meeting. 
but she also went into the house of a white kid and choked him two years ago. So like, she's not, you know, like your, whatever you want to call, like your angel, your angelic figure. Um, she's had a start um, history of being um, problematic. And so, yeah. So she choked somebody and got reelected? Right. She well, choked the kid and got... She ran unopposed um, and she choked the kid. Yep. And that video is two out. Um, so, I mean, like, in, I wasn't on the board then, but as a citizen, I called for her resignation back then. So, I mean, you just have a history of these continued behaviors. And unfortunately, the people in her community for, for a long time haven't been holding her accountable. But I think now people are really like, you know, like, man, like you just continue to put your foot in your mouth. And so here we are. Mm -hmm. in, in your opinion, based on what you're saying from this instance, she was online shopping um, to to a, a, a great portion of the board meeting. She choked the kid last year or whenever she did it. Um, would you say that her actions during the board meeting, was this a race thing or was this a Connie just thinks she can do whatever she wants and doesn't care situation? Um, so I think it's a, a combination of both. I think she believes like she benefits from some from privilege. Um, her court case had been just thrown to the side for, for so long um, after that particular incident happened. They were saying that they were gonna file charges and they said it was not gonna file charges. It was supposed to go to court this day. They continue with these continuance. But what this situation has did is, is opened up additional pressure on, um, on, on, on other people who are within our district. So her court case is now being heard. There's been a, a, a status hearing set for that. And I think that, unfortunately, like, she's ignorant to a lot of things that are impactful as it relates to race relations. And so I think it very well is a feeling. I mean, there has been countless incidents that can be, re you know, recalled where she has been racially deaf, uh, racially racist. She's been racist, <laughs> like, literally racist. Um, um, so, I mean, I think it's just embedded in her. And, like, she is to the point to where she's so um deep in her mindset that she doesn't see anything wrong with it and so she's just she's ignorant to a lot of facts um related to race relations and related to just the privilege that she's been able to live with for so long is there like a code of conduct or ethics i mean there's a there's a lot of places that you know not to say that that there has to be a petition to get you removed but just in your how you carry yourself um yeah if, if, so there's there's a board roles and responsibilities, but I mean what what it's what has been given is lip service because there's really it's almost like a, a unfunded mandate. Like you can tell me to do X, Y, and Z, but you're not funding this. So like this unfunded mandate, like it's how I'm a, how I'm going to actually get the action complete. And so we have roles and responsibilities and duties as board members, but we cannot physically remove her. We cannot physically fire her. The school system cannot physically remove her or fire her. There's only two causes for a um, elected official to be removed from their post. And that's one, um, they resign on their own accord. And two, the recall petition, which is what we talked about earlier, what we talk about more later, um, has to take place. So that's literally the only two things available for actions taken by elected officials in our state. Mm. Connie, Connie is over there cutting up. Yeah. yeah. And side note, we had a board meeting today, a virtual board meeting, and she showed up. So here we are. <laughs> and it's something well we'll dive into something I read up on uh, Connie but listen we want to um, just take a quick break and then we'll be right back to dive more into uh, Miss Connie
of New Orleans and Talk Dad Nola keeps the blood pumping with news, culture, sports and music from local artists. One thing you know for sure is that you can always count on us for accurate news and information that informs and entertains. You're the heart of New Orleans and at WTDN Talk Dad Nola, we keep the blood pumping. Looking to stay cool and stylish in this summer heat? Shop new styles, including crop tops and tank tops, at shopinthenow.com. Subscribe now and get 15% off your order at shopintheno.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the second half of His View uh, with the great team, along with Mr. Tremell. So uh, one of the things we wanted to uh, dive back into was, I know Tremell was talking about fighting a good fight. And um, Demetrius, I know you had a question, and I wanted you to ask that question that we were just going into. No, I was just saying, in, in, in fighting a good fight, you know, we always talk about voting, um, but I always kind of challenge myself. I'm like, is it is it a voting thing or is it an economic thing? And are are do they work in concert or is one more important than the other? Um, I think it's a mixture of both. I think it's a voting thing and I think it's an economic thing. So when I think about the economic thing, I think about getting qualified people who share the voice of the community to run is really hard because it takes a lot of sacrifice. Um, so people often think that me being a school board member is my full-time job, but in fact, I actually work a full-time job because being a school board member won't pay the water bill. So yet alone, like, rent and car notes and, and, and just all of the other necessities in life. So I think the economic piece comes in is that because if you want people in positions of power, like there's a lot of sacrifices that they have to make. And so I don't think oftentimes, because when I first started running, like it was so hard for me to just ask people for money, like just friends and family, just like just to ask them for money to support the campaign. Because many people don't understand the, the financial aspect of being a candidate. So I think it's that. And I think that it's also economic in the sense that when it's time for like voting to be informed, to sit down and do research, like people, that's not really a priority because people are working multiple jobs to make sure that their families are fed, to make sure they have the necessities in their house. So literally sitting down to do all of these things and make this a priority takes again, additional sacrifice. And I think it's a voting thing because oftentimes we have been told to just vote and things will be all right, but we've been voting for a very long time and it doesn't seem like we've much benefit from voting. Um, so we have to, I think they work in, in tandem and we have to 
figure out how to uh, make them work collectively for our benefit and actually have some true demands and outcomes from our voting. I'm not going to lie to you. And this is, I'm, I mean, I've never said this in front of Burke or, or Brandon, so they're probably going to look at me crazy when I say this. <laughs> but in, in my personal opinion, um, I think they should, I think we should get rid of fundraising in our political campaigns. And I think it should be honestly uh, uh, something that everybody pays into and everybody gets the same amount of money to use. Well, and I say that, and, I, and the only reason why I say that is because you know, just like I know, fundraising is a big portion. And if you have backers, mm -hmm. there's a, you could have the best idea, but that, that money is going to be the one that's going to get you in front of the person that's standing the, the, next to the man that's next to the man that's making a decision. And that's the right. unfortunate part. You take the money out of the situation, all I can, all I can go off of, or the majority of I can go off of, in my opinion, is what you stand for. Right. not who's and, backing you right and, and so if i can play devil's advocate to the devil's advocate um <laughs> on that financial piece um i think that i don't know how equitable um you will then get people who like you say share those ideas if they can't fundraise like there are literally some people who just can't make the sacrifice to be candidates who sh have shared missions shared visions um, I think fundraising helps people make a decision to be able to run. Um, and some people just would not be able to make the sacrifice if there was no way that they can fundraise their campaigns. They literally couldn't, they couldn't buy a yard sign. They couldn't buy a t-shirt. They couldn't even be able to get well, in front well, of people to share I, their vision. Um, I, guess, without, I, guess what, it. I guess I guess what I'm going to is right now you get a collective of individuals that's all fundraising, right? And mm -hmm. depending on how well you do, depending on how much money you make, right? So imagine me and you are running and you raise $2 million and, and I raise a million, right? I mean, I'll be honest with you, you know, and, and I'm, those numbers are relative, but what if all that money got sent to a general place and we both got, not on our fundraising, but the money that comes in to support campaigns is evenly mm -hmm. distributed. Right. And, and yeah, I, I, mean, I guess that, that's, the, that's, that's like, again, I mean, we, we see it play out so much we watch, we watch the news, and I know I'm getting off on a little bit of tangent. I'm sorry, fellas. But it's like we watch the news, we see, we see campaigns, and we see, you know, again, it's people. You put something in front of somebody long enough and say the same thing, whether it be right or wrong, it's something that somebody's going to remember. And those right. things affect, you know, voting and, and, and all kind of other stuff. So it's just, that, that's just me being off and left. Um, uh, but, but I get it. But I also know that, you know, public service was meant to be a sacrifice. You do your right. public service to the community, and then you would come back to whatever job. Hopefully, it was still there. I mean, back when you know our country was like, you go back to farming or whatever you were doing, mm -hmm. um, and 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 that's just that's just what it was. Um, it wasn't a a sexy thing to do, and you weren't going to become a millionaire by doing it or become famous and write a book or you know now you're right, wielding right. just this power. It was a public service, literally. Right. Yes, yeah, so I, I think that there can be additional regulations put put on fundraising um, and campaigns, but I, I won't I won't uh, say that like I think it should be completely taken out of uh, campaign and, and politicking. I think that there is a place to regulate it to where it's fair for folks to um, to get it. Because I know for me personally, like fundraising, like I could not just stop what I was doing um, in order to to share my vision with my collective vision with of my community with and being an elected official 
without having support and fundraising, without having people who were able to, you know, to raise money on my behalf, like I would not have been able to like to sacrifice that. So I think there's can be more regulations, but I think it's a both in approach. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, when you look at the economics of of the races in in our community, you know, as a race, we're so far behind because of the things that have been systematically done, and mm -hmm. you know, we're 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 trying to you know even out and 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 get equal, and that becomes you know an an issue and on all of these things, which is why it's so important that we see brothers like yourself that you get that support, whether it be Cash App, you know, it's like, hey man, listen, you got somebody out here trying to do something, and uh, it seems like in today's society we're more um i think right now people are starting to come off the money uh mm -hmm. for for yeah. for issues but yeah. for a long time we we were tight yeah we were we were and it was and, and and i think for me like that's what i grew up in um just trying to like understand like even having the gall to like go to like people who were close to me and ask them to support it's almost like to be a politician is almost like being a small business owner like to go to people who are close to you and asking them for support for what you believe is your mission like while you're not serving or selling a particular product your product is your public service to them to to get your vision and get their voices heard on a collective place where decisions are being made and so yeah. it was very hard as a as a young like literally people was like oh it's not your time you you should be doing this x y and z um, and so like it was it was a hard sell, but you know, here we are. Hey, I'll, I'll speak to that. Um, so I'm currently running for office in, in New Orleans and I can tell you from your what you're saying, Tramel, it is hard. I hate it. I hate asking people for money. I hate asking people to just do a video for me. Uh, just for my miss. I hate it, hate it, I hate it. Um, but I to Demetrius' point, because of that, uh, part of me actually also feels that um, you know, maybe there, there should, we, we shouldn't, there shouldn't be so much of a focus on that um, as well. And, and there should be an even playing field. And I know that there are some regulations that are in place. And so I think it's a, it's a catch 22. I think both of y'all are making, making a good point. But I, I, uh, on the other note, I do have a question, Mill. Um, as far as um, people voting and, and getting out and making their voice heard, uh, you know, Gary Chambers, uh, if it wasn't for him speaking out like he did, um, first of all, nobody might have not known that Connie was uh, shopping, and this story wouldn't have gotten the attention, the national attention that it, that it's gotten. Why, why do you think it's important um, for people to to show up to to school board meetings and show up to you know these meetings where the elected officials are making decisions for them and make their voices heard? Yeah, I think uh, first of all, I think it's it, it's important because I mean you elect people um, into office to to be your voice. Um, and so the way that you hold them accountable is by um, showing up and letting them know that you're paying attention, letting them know that you're engaged in the process. Um, and while you, you don't always agree with everything your, um, your boss says, but you show up to work every day to do a job. Um, and so I think it's important for people to know that like their engagement, there's power in people. And I think that there's a lot of things that have collectively moved because of people. We, when we first ran for office, um, my colleague Darius and I, we had already said that one of the things that we wanted to do was change the name of Lee High School. We were continuously getting pushback after pushback after pushback. But because of the collective power of people, because of the collective power of people coming and letting their voices be heard, because of the continuous push to, um, to, to get this information out in front of the public, people 
they they galvanized behind what we were trying to do and and it helped and we passed a resolution while fighting for three and a half hours we passed a resolution to change the name um in a nine zero unanimous vote and so people's voices like while their counties who quote unquote are not paying attention like that that means a lot um when you put pressure on the elected officials by showing up being engaged um and advocating in a way that's fierce and relentless um it, you you have no choice but to be heard and so while it may not seem like it happens overnight if you continue to plant seeds flowers will eventually blossom um and so you can't stop planting seeds because at the moment you stop planting seeds whether you're working or not the flowers are not going to blossom but if you continue to plant seeds you continue to water that plant eventually it's going to blossom into something that you're proud of and that you want to see so i always encourage people to continue to plant seeds continue to let their collective people power and voice be heard um, because it's important and it's the only way that democracy works one of the things i want to say man is that uh first man i'm very proud of the work you've been doing i'm very proud of you using your voice platform to stand up for what's right and um the question i want to ask is um what is the support that like what is the support like from the, uh, your peers in the community i mean you know one of the things so i got into this work um i went to law school um and then after law school i decided that i wanted to have a more engaged uh environment as far as like i wanted to be a teacher and like my, my mom was like like what like what are you doing and i'm like well i think i want to go teach because i feel like that's where i can have the most impact and I really feel like me deciding to leave my legal profession and go into teaching was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Um, and so when you ask about support, the, the support that I, I, I stand on the most is the support of my former students. Um, my former students have been so engaged in the process. Anytime any little issue happens at their school, they're calling me, Mr. Howard, this happened, what should I do? So they're advocating for themselves, they're relentless in their pursuit. Um, one of my former students was on the forefront of like being in charge of like the bi-county situation and wanting Lehigh to change the name. Like, so that level of support from my students make, is what makes me get up every day. It's the reason that I get up every day to fight this exhausting fight. Um, and, and, and people who I've grew up with, people I went to school with are, are amazingly supportive. Um, and even when we disagree, like we, we can have conversations that let me know that they're in my corner no matter what's happening on our board. Um, and, and honestly, I could not do it without, um, without that support. That support literally means the world to me. It's the thing that keeps me going because there are many days where I am on E. When I say I'm on E, like I don't want to get out of bed. I can't get out of bed. I, I feel like I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle um, and nobody wants to fight a losing battle. Um, and so it's because of my support system that builds me back up every single day to continue to be able to do this work. So you have to, in this work, you have to have to have to have people who are in your corner who support you 100% who hold you accountable. Um, and sometimes it's just those people that you need to lean on and cry on. Like I've cried many tears, um, you know, and you know, men don't cry, but I have cried as people would say, but I've cried many tears fighting this fight. And, and it's because of my support system that I'm able to dry those tears up and get up the next day and continue to do this. So um, it, it's a dire necessity. And, and if you don't have the support system, you will, you will fail in this work. Wow. Wow. So, um, one of the things we do um, at the end of every show, uh, we always go around and we always, um, we want to, we call this take home advice for the people that are listening. And uh, for those who are watching, we always want to just to give them some take home advice from this entire situation, uh, whether, you know, anything that can help not only Baton Rouge, but the surrounding areas. So I want to start with you, uh, Mr. Armand. 
Cool. Thanks. Well, uh, Tramel, first of all, man, um, thank you for, you know, taking time to talk with us. And, and uh, as Bert said earlier, I'm proud of you and, and the work that, that you're doing um, down there in Baton Rouge um, and, and representing our community, representing, uh, I'm a millennial still, we're all millennials, I think, um, on this line. So representing the, the black millennials and, and doing what you're doing. So, so keep, keep doing that and more power to you. Um, you know, my, my take in all of this is, um, one, we have to realize that white privilege is very real. Um, you know, when we look at, at what Connie um, did, not just during this board meeting and her previous incidents as well, um, you know, th there, there's something that Connie did and has been doing that, as Tramel said before, he would have never been able to do. Um, as an elected member on, on the school board, he would have been out a long time ago, whether it has been that they did not vote for him or that they would have forced him, uh, found a way to force him to resign, uh, giving him hell. And so um, even with that, Connie is still standing up tall and still going to the virtual board meetings because Connie feels that she can do what she wants to do. But democracy, that's when democracy comes in and that's when our voices come in. So when it's election time again, it's important that we get out, that we vote, and that we let our voices be heard just as we're doing and taking uh, uh, around the country and letting people know that we will no longer be silenced. Um, Black Lives Matter as well. And um, and we're going to make sure that's including making sure that our voices are heard. So make sure that you guys go out and vote um, and stay tuned to this story. Don't just let it fly in the wind and forget about Connie. Let's stand with Jamel and stand with the people in Baton Rouge and make sure that um, they're getting what's done and what's needed for the betterment of these students um, in this uh, district in Baton Rouge. Yes, sir, Mr. D. Let me unmute myself. Uh, again, I want to echo the same things. Um, Tremel, I appreciate uh, what you're doing. I come from a family of educators. I'm the only oddball, but one of the things I, I believe wholeheartedly is education and those who are shaping the education of all students. Um, unfortunately, people think that black history is an American history, and it is. Um, and, and, and now we're, we're seeing it, it more than ever. Um, if I could say anything, I am praying for a year from now, um, when we seemingly have uh, made progress, that we don't rest. Um, I grew up in a family where my uncles told me, Demetrius, you either on a battleship or a cruise ship. And I think right now, our generation is finding our battleship. Uh, uh, and we have to stay on that battleship even when the sea is calm, um, because it's going to come back up again. Uh, me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a quasi-history buff. And I say, if you look at it, people think the Civil Rights Movement was, was two and 300 years ago. You know, you, if you got somebody that's 70 years old, they lived through the Civil Rights Movement. So, you know, my mother was born in 1953. She's still here. Um, so it's, it's one of those things to pay attention to. Um, history often repeats itself. Uh, uh, but I think with individuals like yourself, Tramel, um, we have a brighter future. Let's, like Burke said, stay engaged. Stay engaged. Show up. Google. We use Google for everything. Google when board meetings are. Google when your elections are. Google the phone number of your representatives, call them, request information. You know, it's our, it's our right. 
Um, you know, when we want a new pair of J's, we stand in line. I'm one of them that does it. You know, I'm on a sneaker app and everything. Let's be that vigilant for things that affect us and will affect our children. That's all I got, brother. Uh, Mr. Tremell. Yeah, so first of all, thank you guys for uh, giving me an opportunity to um, to speak on your platform. Um, I'm always encouraged when there are other Black brothers who are given an opportunity for Black voices to be heard. Um, we have to continue to elevate our voices. Um, I think what I, what I take away from this particular um, moment, as a society, specifically for us as Black, um, Black America, we have experienced so many moments um, and, and oftentimes we allow those, mo those moments to just fly past us. So I think that this kind of thing is, is a moment um, that we have to turn into a movement um, to ensure that folks are actually being held accountable for the decisions that they made that impact our students, that impact our culture, that impact our families. Um, so my advice to people is to continue to make moments and turn them into movements. Um, we had a moment with George Floyd. Uh, we need to turn that moment into a movement we had a moment with Breonna Taylor, that moment has to become a movement. We had a moment with Ahmaud Aubrey, it has to become a movement. Here in Baton Rouge, we had a moment with Alton Sterling, that still has to remain a movement. Um, I think that we as a collective can be a catalyst for change and we have to start doing our part. Um, everybody has a role in this fight, so it's, it's, not, um, it's not important for us to compare my role to what Burke is doing. Um, but I need to play my lane and stay in my lane and let Burke play his lane and stay in his lane. And that eventually will add up to us really changing the way our society views us as Americans. So as, as exhausting, as painful as situations like what happened with Connie are, I'm always optimistic and inspired by the future of what we can do as a collective. So continue to build collective people power and we can turn moments into movements. Yeah, man. Um, first, man, thank all three of you for uh, basically taking just pretty much a little bit of my last points away. But uh, um, I'm going to piggyback off what you all said. Uh, we have to make this a movement and not a moment. Like, I honestly, I've been just seeing that all week. Like, me and Demetrius talked about this last night, that we cannot be lowered into being satisfied because they're going to give us something to say, hey, we gave you this. Y'all should chill. You should be happy. No, we're not happy. And I agree with you, Tremel. We have to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And we we cannot stop. Like Demetrius said, we got to stay on this battleship. Like, we're not cruising nowhere. We're going to stay on this battleship. And uh, so, yeah, man, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us, man. Like I said, once again, I appreciate everything you've been doing. Uh, you are definitely using your platform, my brother. Keep going, man. We, you have my support 100%. So, uh, man, thank you all for joining us tonight. Man, God bless. We'll see you all again. You've been listening to His View with Burke, Demetrius, and Corey. His View is a BAM Network production. For more episodes of His View or for other BAM Network shows, visit us at www.bamcommunications.com.